Good morning and welcome to the first convocation of the 2017-18 school year. My name is Dwayne Stolzfus. I teach in the communication department. I'm also director of the core program and part of my responsibilities with the core includes coordinating convocations. And I work alongside Bob Yoder, campus pastor who coordinates the chapels. And most times this year on Wednesdays, there'll be convo or chapel, they'll be alternating. And I'll encourage you to look at the schedule. You can look at that in the campus calendar online. You can follow the schedule and key bulletin boards across campus. We have flyers posted. And we also have some extra flyers if you'd like to have one um, in your room or your office. Um, there are some short piles, uh, short stacks across campus, including right in the union at the, at the mailboxes. So please pick up one of those. Now, we've worked really hard to create uh, programs and services that we, we think will interest you, will inspire you. And, for example, if you like the musical Hamilton, you definitely don't want to miss the special convocation on Hamilton. And, uh, after all, you know, when you think about it, this is uh, one of the few times when we gather as a campus community, a handful of times over the course of a semester when we are all together. And to a degree, um, it becomes a, an important and essential part of the, of the college experience for all of us. And it, the meaning that we find here, the spirit and energy that we find here is in part going to be due to the presenters. But it also is, uh, there's this kind of uh, equation at work and all of us um, as, as listeners also uh, participate in that and um, contribute to that, that meaning and energy and spirit that we might find here. It depends on what we bring to this place. Along that line, I would ask you to put your devices away. Maybe they're already all away, great but we'd like to encourage this to be a place that is, uh, is device-free, where we're fully present and attentive. In part, it's a matter of respect, right, to the speakers. But there's also uh, a matter of, of self-interest at work here. I don't know if you read The Atlantic. I'd encourage you to take a look at a rec uh, an article in a recent issue of The Atlantic that talks about the year 2012 when we, we crossed a threshold and more than, more than half of the country, more than half Americans um, had smartphones. And, and something happened in that year. Um, and you can trace it in, uh, especially in young people, in teens. Uh, we're empowered, we're smarter because of the phones, to be sure, but it also has left people feeling unhappy and depressed. And the best way to respond to that is to have times in your day when that phone goes away. So this is a gift, this space, a chance for you to put your phone and other devices away and to feel better. Now, one of the uh, best communicators and one of the people on campus who knows how to live the good life is our next speaker. She's going to be introducing uh, the, the president of the college. And uh, the person doing the introductions is a senior. She's a writer. She's a poet. She's a blogger. 
she's a singer, she's a dancer. I hope she'll be a participant in the C. Henry Smith Peace Oratorical Contest this year. She's a global citizen who was born and raised in Kenya. She lived along the coast of Maine. She went to Peru for three months. Please help me welcome Acheng Agutu. Thank you so much, Drain, for that. I really appreciate it. Um, good morning, guys. First, how are you guys doing today? Good. Good. First week of school. Wow, there's so many of you guys out there. I'm just so glad to see all your beautiful faces this morning. First off, I just want to take this moment to um, welcome all the new students, the freshmen and the transfers, as well as the uh, just a big welcome back to all the returning students as well. I'm glad to be, we, to be with all of you guys this morning to have a chance to introduce our interim president, Ken Newbold. President Newbold will hold this position as interim president for the next two months before our newly appointed president, Rebecca Stolzfus, takes up her role in November. Dr. Ken Newbold held the position of Associate Vice Provost for Research and Scholarships at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. He led the institution-sponsored research efforts. His research inclu interests include critical infrastructure protection, homeland security policy, intelligence analysis, and higher education. Prior to assuming his position as interim president of Goshen College, Dr. Newbold also held the position of provost of Goshen College. In 1999, Dr. Newbold graduated from Bridgewater University in Virginia with a bachelor's degree in Harrison, sorry, with a bachelor's degree in history and political science. He completed a master's of public administration with a concentration in higher education at James Madison University in 2001, and then went on to earn a PhD in strategic leadership in 2014. Guys, I can go on and on and on about all the achievements and all the amazing breakthroughs President Newbold has made with his career. But honestly, there is so much more substance to this man than just his degrees. I'm delighted to have gotten a chance to know President Newbold through the President's Council. He is passionate about us, the students. He wants to hear our voice and what we have to say as a student body. President Newbold has immersed himself into the GC community by attending many student activities around campus. If he's not in his office or in back-to-back -back meetings, you'll find him, his wife Tiffany, and two daughters Cameron and Corinne showing maple, spirit, uh, maple leaf spirit at sports events and social events around campus. In addition to his professional competence and his great character, President Newbold has also managed to bring GC a few extra swag points with his incredibly dapper appearance. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I would like to take this time to introduce to you President Kenneth Newbold. Well, good morning, and that's going to be a hard introduction to follow up. Thank you, Etienne, for those warm and thoughtful words. Um, it is just great to see such a, a large gathering, a wonderful group of Maple Leafs here with us this morning to start our academic year. 
It has really been great to get to know you, H. Yang, as well over the last couple of years and all of you. Uh, your wonderful energy, your leadership, and the work that you've done across so many areas has really brought people together, and that's what the spirit of this year is about as we focus on compassionate peacemaking, our core value of the year. Bienvenidos a todos. Welcome to all of you. New to Goshen, and welcome back to those of you who are returning. It is just so great to see you all gathered here today for an important and special tradition and ritual in the Goshen College uh, academic year. It is really a pleasure and honor to be with you as interim president for these next few months as we excitedly and anxiously await the arrival of President Stolzfus, who will be with us in November. As we returned this weekend for new student orientation, I had a question on my mind. Where did the summer go? If your summer was anything like mine, it probably went by way too quickly and you tried to pack in too many things. But I do hope as you return, uh, you did find time to renew and recharge. And clearly by the energy that you brought here, just as an example of today, you're ready to go to begin classes, to engage in your activities and to make Goshen great. We are very glad to have you all back. And as we begin, I did reflect a little bit that how hard it is to believe that it is my third year at Goshen College. And for you seniors, you're probably already thinking, where did those first three years go and what am I gonna do next? But today is a chance to celebrate and to learn from each other. Our family has developed wonderful relationships over these few years, and we look forward to meeting even more of you and welcoming our first year students. And it is really this overall welcoming spirit that brings us together today, because truly Goshen is a warm community that embraces all. Although we are here to celebrate and recognize, I do want to make a mention that we are all very aware of the devastation that is happening in Texas and especially in Houston. We have current students from that area and we have alumni and friends that also live in that, that region. Uh, questions have come to us already about what can we do as a campus. As relief efforts begin, I do encourage you to seek out opportunities through established organizations such as the American Red Cross and Mennonite Disaster Services. Uh, we will be making more information available as we learn and recovery activities happen. And also, most importantly, please keep those affected in your thoughts and prayers at this time for peace and recovery. Now, back to some celebrating. Seniors, this is your last opening convo. And now, just a few short months, nine months from now, you'll be saying goodbyes as you graduate, but also opening new doors as you leave Goshen College. But now I ask you to please stand and be welcomed. And everyone, please join me in a round of applause for our seniors. Seniors, please stand. And to the returning sophomores and juniors, please stand. We'll have you for a few more years and you'll get a few more rounds of applause, but please stand now and be welcomed. If you are new to Goshen, if you are a first year student or a transfer, please now Stand and be recognized.
How about any of you that are graduate students, online students, adult and professional studies students, please stand and be welcomed as part of our community. And this isn't just about students. I didn't forget all the important people uh, that are also part of our, our broader community, our faculty, our staff, and our administrators who work tirelessly to help make Goshen College a wonderful place to study. Please stand. I now invite everyone to stand as we welcome De Deb Detwaller to join us here on the podium to lead us in our alma mater. Hopefully some of you can find the music and the words if you're interested in reading the music to the alma mater. Uh, Goshen is a singing community and we invite all of you to become a part of that. Um, the alma mater is many, many decades old. We'll start with the refrain and then sing all three of the verses with the refrain in the middle. Yeah. 
Okay, you're not done with me yet. I still have a few more minutes this morning. So this year, as I mentioned, is the year of compassionate peacemaking. And we will focus our time today to think about what does it mean to be a compassionate peacemaker. It may not be apparent to you that the person in this video in a football uniform was me in college. As as H. Yang mentioned, I attended Bridgewater College in Virginia. Uh, in the photo with me is my mother, Linda, and my sister, Samantha. And obviously, much has changed uh, over these years since I was in college. It's longer ago than I care to admit, so I won't tell you when that was. But in the years since, uh, a lot has changed personally for me. We moved from Virginia to Indiana, but physically, a lot has changed, which is why I show you this image, because it does link to peacemaking. I chose this image for a couple of reasons, because it marks a physical transformation for me, but also one of a spiritual journey. I mentioned my mother Linda's in this photo. We lost her 11 years ago at the age of 56 to a sudden heart attack. This was just eight months after the birth of our first daughter, Cameron. Her family had a long history of heart disease, and she did, as I said, pass suddenly from us. But it was at this moment in time that I made a choice to take more seriously uh, health, and wellness, and diet, and exercise. And this has become an important part of, of my ritual, which is why I look a little different. Um, I'm also not dressed in a uniform, I'm dressed a little differently today. But it's not just the clothes that I've chosen to wear, but also how uh, we approach our inner peace. So peace is not just an external force that happens or something that we work towards on maybe a global scale or something uh, locally or nationally. It is something that we have to take care of ourselves as well because if we cannot find peace within ourselves, how do we bring peace to the world? And all of this transformation that has happened has showed me how we have to work on ourselves before we help to work others. During the process of this change, I've lost close to 80 pounds. I have remained committed to a rigorous exercise program and have converted to a vegetarian diet. So if you see me at the salad bar in the cafeteria, that's usually where I'll spend my time. Uh, in addition to all of these physical benefits that I've seen, it has also really helped bring me uh, a more balanced and mental health approach to my life as well. Another family photo. H. Yang also mentioned our daughters Cameron and Corinne that are pictured here, uh, along with my wife Tiffany, who's joined us this morning. This photo was taken just this summer uh, on a beautiful summer day on campus. Uh, and this is a spot where we have all become very fond of, uh, the Adelphian Fountain. And I can attest that being a partner and a parent also gives us many opportunities to promote peace. What you can't tell on this image is Tiffany and I had to practice some good peacemaking techniques just to get this picture taken. <laughs> But I'll leave it at that because if you know my daughters, they are really angels, except they do have their moments. But I'm sure each of you can relate as a roommate, a sibling, a son or a daughter, or as a partner yourselves, that family is an important part of our peacemaking. Peacemaking does take many forms. And I have found that on my personal journey as a peacemaker, that it does truly begin inside of each of us. We have to take seriously the change and the transformation throughout this process because it is all about finding wholeness in ourselves and in our world. And this doesn't just include our own individual self, but at any level, as we work for peace, we must find that, that balance in ourselves. In a world where there is a question of peace that seems to constantly be in question, whether we're talking about North Korea or Charlottesville or Houston that I mentioned earlier, it seems appropriate that we are here to focus on this core value in this place of Goshen.
Therefore, I want to use this time as an intentional focus on this critical core value that we all hold so dear. With this, I commit to you to devoting more effort to listening to colleagues and to students on these issues and challenges that face all of us so that we can collectively find solutions, because again, this is not just the work of one, it is the work of all. I may be here before you today as interim president, but I can assure you I don't have all the answers. I do need you to help me along the way. Our campus community and our world will be a better place because of you and our work together as we look to find tangible solutions to all of the issues facing our campus, our community, and society at large. Peace can be achieved through a process of discernment that leads to understanding. And though these processes can seem long, tiring, and sometimes tedious, it is through grace, understanding, and appreciation for various viewpoints that I believe that we can bring peace to those that have been hurt or marginalized. I'd like to tell you about a time when I experienced firsthand with someone that I immediately did not recognize as a peacemaker, a retired US Army general. Early in my career at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia, I was asked to drive to Washington, D.C. to pick up a speaker that was coming to campus. I learned that my passenger that day was General Ed Rowney, a retired three-star general from the Army who had served in World War II and in the Korean War and in other various positions throughout his career. I wasn't really sure what to expect that day as we drove from Washington, but quickly our conversation turned to peace. Uh, my discussion focused on General Rowney's role uh, while he was in the military as a member of a negotiating, uh, negotiating teams that had worked on significant nuclear arms treaties. This was kind of a fascinating conversation to be in the car with someone of not my generation to talk about world events and to link it back with peace. Uh, it, and at that point in my career, I was really struggling with how do we use force uh, to bring peace and, and this whole tension that we must hold. But throughout the conversation as we wove through, it again came back to the role that individuals play. And I learned that General Rowney was a harmonica player. And he used this talent that he had and the, and the beauty of music to work with his colleagues uh, to establish more personal connections. For it was after meals together that he would often uh, bring his harmonica out and play for those that had gathered, and they, they found a commonality across their differences in music. And despite their differences politically, culturally, or with language, it was, it was their love of music that helped them find a way through very difficult and tense negotiating uh, these treaties. And while the treaties may not have been perfect and the solutions didn't solve all of our problems, it was an example for me the role that an individual could play in bringing about peace on their, through their own personal talents and skills. It also shows the, important of the importance of dialogue and getting to know one another. We will not agree all the time with each other, with our roommates, with our families, but if we close doors and we put up walls and boundaries, we'll never be able to understand each other and to truly find a way to communicate to find those critical solutions. So I encourage you as we think about peace to engage others in difficult, meaningful, and necessary genuine conversations, to see them truly as fellow human beings, especially if they disagree with you. Don't always just gather with those that you agree with all the time. Find the other, walk with them, and understand. 
For it is through this that we can demonstrate another form of peacemaking by just learning and listening and understanding with each other. And I would say Goshen College is a perfect place for this backdrop of dialogue as we have this core value of compassionate peacemaking. I can assure that each of you came to this place today from a different path and a different journey, but it has led you here. And hopefully that, that journey includes a clear discernment on what peace means to all of us. Again, we're not all perfect, and we do have our conflicts here, but this is a place of compassionate peacemaking, and it is deeply embedded in our motto, in our core values, in our academic programs, in our clubs and co-curricular activities, in our study abroad program, in how we understand each other in identity and culture. This campus's commitment to peacemaking does grow out of our Anabaptist Mennonite faith tradition, but also, as a Catholic myself, I have found that it is a place of where people of all faiths can come together to learn and engage in important dialogue and are fully invited to join in this process of learning together and being compassionate peacemakers. I do want to offer just a few quick examples today to get you thinking about, the, about this concept of peacemaking and what it looks, for, looks like for you here on campus. It doesn't matter your major because peacemaking is truly an interdisciplinary approach. Some examples of amazing peacemakers that can be found in our alumni, students, faculty, and staff. Your peer, Yazan Mekbil, a current molecular biology and biochemistry student from Palestine, spoke on Capitol Hill this summer to US lawmakers about being a child growing up in the midst of conflict. Professor of Peace, Justice, and Conflict Studies, Regina Shan Stoltzfus, was awarded the state of Indiana's highest award for civil rights in 2006. At homecoming this October, we will recognize three distinguished alumni with our 2007 Alumni Awards. Sherry Hartzler, a 1973 graduate from Harrisonburg, Virginia, who helped start Patchwork, who helped start Patchwork Pantry, a food distribution program in her hometown. Phil Thomas, a 1987 graduate from Goshen, who has spent 25 years facilitating peace and reconciliation through travel, as he's traveled throughout the world and visiting more than 30 countries in his work with heads of state, indigenous groups, community leaders, and corporate executives trying to encourage dialogue and the importance of peace. Nicole Cobert Bowman, Bauman, excuse me, a 2008 graduate of Elkhart, started a micro-urban agriculture project in order to address the lack of access to fresh produce and healthy food in her neighborhood. As well, she teaches yoga and is a community activist in Elkhart. And finally, 2009 graduate Katie Sowers, you may have heard this, is breaking all kinds of barriers recently. She was just named the second female coach in the NFL. She's working for the San Francisco 49ers and is the first openly LGBT coach in the NFL. We can all think of many others, and I hope that you continue to do so, but these were just a few quick examples of our, of our impact as individuals on the world. We also have great interdisciplinary peacemaking programs on our campus that you should also be aware of. During May term each year, we offer students an opportunity to make peace through our local jail, through our transformative Inside Out program. Students can speak to, about a topic related to peacemaking during the annual C. Henry Smith Peace Oratorical Contest on campus. In the music department, we offer a course on El Sistema, 
and also the Music for Social Change minor. Additionally, one can examine environmental aspects of peace through the sustainability leadership semester at Mary Lee. So as we conclude our time today, what does all of this mean for you? Well, I want to invite you to think very specifically about how we can all be a compassionate peacemaker in our lives this year. And I know Dwayne said to put your devices away, but I give you permission, you can take them out because this is the interactive part of our program. So if you have a Twitter account and you tweet, please join me today in publicly demonstrating your uh, thoughts on peacemaking. So, as I said, I now give you permission to take out your device. And for just a minute or two, and we'll show them on the screen, using the hashtag CompassionatePeacemaker, I'll ask you to just put out a very quick thought of what it means to you and how you will look to be a compassionate peacemaker this year. Okay, I'll try to get us back together here. I hope that you are able to post something. I did make an attempt, but my phone is just sort of spinning uh, at me, so maybe it'll go through. Um, so if we could uh, pull up a few that have uh, been posted here, we'll have a chance just to get a sampling of ideas uh, from each of you, and I hope that this serves as, a, as just a beginning of something uh, for us. So I will let you read some of these. Riley says, I want to learn to be more ready and willing to listen to those with differing views than mine. Lawrence says, let's have a, snow, a snowball conflict resolution. If you're new to Northern Indiana, we could do that in just a few months. I'm sure that there will be plenty of snow for that. Uh, Michael Shear writes, I will try to understand people who see the world differently. I think I should say, than I do. So. <laughs> That's true, this is a room full of compassionate peacemakers. Thank you for that. Peacemaking is having patience uh, from Seth. So I do hope that you'll use this hashtag through the year, continue to visit this as you experience someone on campus that has demonstrated what it means to be a compassionate peacemaker to you, or just something that you would like us to, to work on uh, throughout the year. So as people continue to post just a few more thoughts, Well, this is, I'm glad we're having fun with this. This is what it was about. <laughs> it is a serious and heavy topic, so if we can use this for some of, uh, ways to get together in a little more lighthearted way, that's good as well. So as we do post a few more thoughts, there is one more question I have for you. Can I really make a difference? To me, the short answer is yes, you can. You can reconcile and extend forgiveness in relationships that need more healing, you can seek opportunities to volunteer in our community, to assist immigrants living in fear and in uncertainty for their futures. You can organize programs through your churches or other nonprofit organizations that address issues such as racial discrimination or sexual violence. You can extend a hand of grace to others with whom you disagree and listen so you can understand. We're each called to be compassionate peacemakers, not just by today, not just by this year, and not just because it's a core value but it is because we are Goshen College. Our campus, community, and nation need us at this time more than ever. As Jesus ta taught us in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. I know we have a little bit more left, but as we do adjourn today, 
We'll have an applause tunnel, and I hope you have a chance to recognize each other and think about how, what this ritual itself means about how we can bring peace to the world. I do wish each of you many blessings as we, we begin this academic year, and I know that each of you will continue to seek, find, and build peace in our lives. I am now pleased to introduce the next part of our program and welcome the students of our worship ensemble, Parables. This year, Parables will be focused on the theme of diversity within community. Just so you know, Parables has been working about eight to 10 hours a day for the past week just to prepare for our time together today. And we'll be performing uh, between 20 to 25 times throughout this coming year, which will include a fall break tour to the East Coast. So please join me in welcoming Parables, who will be performing Lord, Listen to Your Children Praying by Ken Medema. Julian Harnish will be playing the piano for us this morning. Thank you.
Oh, uh, 